Pope Francis has revealed that he will be evicting Cardinal Burke, the American conservative traditional cardinal. Here he is, Cardinal Burke. As you know, he has issued several rounds of dubia, three and counting at this point. And with the canceling of Father Frank Pavone, the canceling recently of Bishop Strickland, and now the eviction and canceling of Cardinal Burke, we have to ask the question, is Francis vindictive? Is he running out of time? Is he punishing his enemies? Now, before you say, hey, Taylor, why are you saying the word enemies? This is what's coming from those who were privy to the conversation with Pope Francis. The reason that he is kicking Cardinal Burke out of his cardinal apartment and taking away his salary as a cardinal is because he is an enemy. And although Cardinal Burke may lose his apartment, Burke, I guarantee you, lives rent-free in the mind of Pope Francis. Pope Francis is panicking. This is where you see the example of tyrants who are losing their grip on their authority, on their prestige. There's different kinds of leadership. Some leadership is based on reputation, moral excellence. Other forms of power are based on office. I have the authority, do it. It's more of a military way. If you read the Gospels, Jesus teaches, especially at the Last Supper, that you gain your authority, your influence, by your willingness to be a servant. Pope Gregory the Great, died in 604, titled himself not universal patriarch. He titled himself servant of the servants of God. How do we know all this? Well, here's Austin Ivory, and it was leaked out earlier. And, you know, I'll be honest, I didn't report on it. People were like, Marshall, where's your show on Cardinal Burke losing his salary, getting kicked out? Pause. Let's wait and find out if it's legit. Now we have it confirmed as legit from Austin Ivory. Now I'm making the podcast. Just want to be responsible and not jump the gun. But here is the papal biographer. I don't know if he's the official papal biographer, but that's Austin Ivory. And he wrote this. In the course of our conversation, Francis told me he had decided to remove Cardinal Burke's cardinal privileges, his apartment and his salary, because he had been using those privileges against the church. He told me that while the decision wasn't a secret, he didn't intend a public announcement, but earlier that day, Monday, it had been leaked, end quote. So I think what's interesting about Austin Ivory's testimony here, his quote, is that the allegation here is that Cardinal Burke, and here he is, that Cardinal Burke is using his cardinal apartment and his salary as a cardinal. I'm curious how much that is, by the way. He's using those two privileges against the church. And yes, I am going to do Q&A. So we are live on Facebook, Twitter, 
YouTube. And while we're at it, go ahead and like and subscribe. He's using these privileges against the church, is the allegation. I have to respectfully disagree with that. Cardinal Burke is asking questions in the form of dubia, which is the canonical and proper means by which a lesser submits points of clarification to a superior. He's going about it in the canonical, juridical, proper, respectful way. And we're not getting clear answers on it. The church, especially in Europe, in North America, South America, is in demographic decline. People are confused. People say, oh, all this negative news, it's making people leave the church. Don't leave the church. And it's not the news. It's not people talking about it, discussing, debating whether Francis and the St. Gallen Mafia are trying to change Catholicism, change the church. It's the actual architects of change. Some might say the architects of change going back to the 1950s, 1960s, 1970s, but certainly a full fruition of infiltration and alteration during the time of Francis Bergoglio. We're seeing priests, whether you like them or not, or you think they're a little bit off, I'm not saying any of these priests, bishops are perfect, even Tom Brady throws an interception every once in a while. But you got your father, James Altman, your father, Frank Pavone, your Archbishop Vigano, your Bishop Strickland, your Cardinal Burke. Anyone who asks questions, desires clarifications, they get slapped on the wrist. The quote that was leaked out before Austin Ivory said that Cardinal Burke was losing his flat, losing his apartment and his salary, and Francis called him his enemy. I'm going to pull up the quote here. Francis has responded as of yesterday, because this is a big tempest here, that he never, I never used the word enemy nor the pronoun my. I simply announced the fact at the meeting of the dicastery heads without giving explicit explanations. So Francis is denying that he said because he is my enemy. So that means we now need an explanation. Why are you taking away his apartment and his salary? You know, my memory is pretty good. I remember when the Archbishop Cardinal of Boston, who oversaw the debacle and the moving around of pedophile molester priests all over Boston, he, even he had an apartment in Rome and a salary, a disgraced Shameful Cardinal, Cardinal Burke, who is truly eminent amongst the eminences, is technically homeless and jobless at this point. Now, there's going to be a lot of good people 
got a lot of American Catholic millionaires and charitable people who are going to, I'm sure, take good care of Cardinal Burke. But the very fact that the Roman Curia, Francis Bergoglio, are casting him out without a reason. And you know what's interesting about this is let's talk about Bishop Strickland, who I interviewed two days ago. Great interview, by the way. Go watch it. It's joyful. It's upbeat. Bishop Strickland loves Jesus. He has the faith. He's proclaiming the gospel. He's not downtrodden. He's not depressed. He's not bitter. Go watch that video and see how a Catholic man acts in the face of persecution and misunderstanding. Both Strickland and Burke are American. Both have been dismissed without a cause listed. If you're going to fire people, and you are, well, he doesn't use the title Vicar of Christ, but you're claiming to be the Vicar of Christ, Supreme Pontiff, Roman Pontiff, you need to explain why the three most, the, the three hierarchs that are most visible and maybe even most beloved, Vigano, Burke, Strickland, that's the triumvirate in America. All three of those men are opposed to ex-Cardinal McCarrick, the arch-villain of American Catholicism. All three of those men have been cast out on their butt. It makes Bergoglio look petty, effeminate, bitter, vindictive. If you punish your enemies or punish, let's not use the word enemies, let's use opponents, and you don't give a reason, well, we all kind of connect the dots. It's because you're insecure. Your synod on synodality is being undone, unwound. You are the most unpopular pope in any living person's memory on planet Earth. And as you get closer to extreme unction and the day of death, these are things that we must reflect upon. And yes, we must pray for him, for a happy and holy death, for perfect contrition and repentance, as we would want for everyone on earth, and especially for ourselves. I'm going to turn to question and comments. Before I do, I've got a big announcement, totally unrelated to this. Actually, maybe it is related. You know, Thomas Aquinas said that St. Nicholas was amongst the greatest bishops of all time. St. Nicholas, who in American mythology and legend becomes Santa Claus. But the real St. Nicholas, I and my creative team have just issued or just completed, it's about to be published, the fourth book in the Sword and Serpent trilogy. It's called Nicolaus. And it's the story of Nicholas. It's a story about Nicholas learning how to bilocate, how to be an exorcist, how to cast out demons. And it's the story you'll know of a widower who has three daughters who he is tempted to sell into, I don't know how else to say it, sex slavery, prostitution. 
And this is uh, my retelling of that classic legendary story of St. Nicholas. And it comes out December 6th. The Feast of Nicholas pre-orders will be available soon. And it's part of the Sword and Serpent trilogy. Let's see if I have a picture. Yeah, here we go. Let's see if this works. The Sword and Serpent trilogy, which is a story about St. George and... Nope, didn't work. About St. George and the dragon, Constantine. There we go. First book is Sword and Serpent. Second is 10th Region of Night. Third is Storm of Fire and Blood. And then the newest book, Nicolaus. Uh, thousands of people have read these. They're very popular with families, schools, homeschooling, young adults, old adults, everybody. So check out this book. I will be talking about it more. It is a Christmas story. This is the perfect little novella to curl up with a warm drink uh, by the fireplace and read aloud as a family or read alone. It is the story of St. Nicholas as a young priest in the year 299, year of our Lord. So check that out. I'm going to now turn to your questions and your comments in particular about this debacle, this, I'm going to say, it's a shameful eviction of Cardinal Burke. And while Francis may be able to evict him out of a Cardinal apartment or flat, like I said earlier, Burke lives rent-free in the mind of Jorge Bergoglio. So let's get into your comments and into your questions. Hope y'all are all getting ready for a happy and holy Advent. I know the Marshall family, Joy is getting excited, getting ready for all the, all the things that are going to happen in Advent. Feast of the Immaculate Conception. People always ask, what do we do? Well, we got the Feast of Immaculate Conception on December 8th. On December 12th, Feast of Our Lady Guadalupe. We have a big Mexican fiesta as a family. Uh, December 21st, in the not in the Novus Ordo, but in the traditional Latin Mass calendar, is the Feast of St. Thomas, patron of India. So we have Indian food on that day. Lots of cool traditions. Oh, I got another announcement. Pretty soon, hopefully next week, I will be announcing my traditional Latin mass calendar. It's a wall calendar and it has the 1962 calendar and the pre-55 calendar together, but organized so you can tell the difference. So if you're looking for the perfect traditional Catholic calendar, I have created it. It's the 1962 and the pre-55 organized with notes and everything you're going to need with beautiful Catholic art that will hang on your wall, this is going to be the end-all, be-all traditional Catholic calendar because for years I've been looking for the right one and I always have a 62 and a pre-55. Now we have merged it into one. So we got the new book coming out, Nicolaus, and we've also got the new calendar coming out. So stay tuned for all that. Lots of cool announcements. All right, back to Francis and Cardinal Burke. Patricia says, I've known that this Pope is a mean and nasty person. Seeing him slap a woman's hand repeatedly was a big giveaway that Francis was not a nice man. No comment on that. 
Discipulus says, is it possible for us to enter a period where the only valid masses are conducted in schism due to possible changes in Rome? Absolutely not. Okay. Schism, schism. You cannot ever be in real schism and not be in mortal sin. All right. Schism is a mortal sin. All right, you don't want to be a schismatic. The people who are heretics, modernists, modernism is a heresy. It's a synthesis of all heresies, according to Pius X. You can never be broken off the church. You have to be in the vine. The church, remember, is the body of Christ, and there's no salvation outside of Jesus Christ. So you must be in the one true church. So if you have heretical clergy like you did in the fourth century who are denying that Jesus is fully God and fully man and you're not in communion with them, you're not in schism. They are, right? You got a group of people here. You divide a schism down there, right? One side is the real church and one side is not the real church. That is classic Catholic teaching. And we Catholics have to be in the real church. The big question is, the people who deny the resurrection of Christ, who deny the virgin birth, who deny transubstantiation, who deny the immaculate conception, who deny that marriage is between a man and a woman, who deny that God defines male and female and not the UN or the government, any clergy, I don't care if they wear white, red, purple, black, green, Rainbow, any clergy who is breaking with sacred scripture, tradition, the magisterium, the deposit of faith, is not part of the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church is one holy Catholic and apostolic, and we must remain in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. There is no Catholic theology saying, I will break off and go into schism, and then that's where we'll have the valid mass or whatever. No. You must be in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church till death, till death. So we got to just be very careful with how we define the word schism. And we have to understand that the heretics are truly not part of the church. Pius XII said, there are three sins that put you outside the church. Francis denied this, by the way, I did a whole show on it. Francis said, there's nothing you can do to get outside the church. False. Pius XII listed the three sins that put you outside the church. They are schism, heresy, apostasy. Let's define those real quick. Schism is breaking the bond of charity with the one true church on earth. It's a mortal sin. Heresy is denying the one true faith, the deposit of faith. Even if you deny a little bit of it, you just say, well, I think there's six sacraments, not seven. Heresy. And then apostasy is formally denying your faith. I'm not even going to repeat the words, but if you said something like, I hereby deny, denounce our Lord's name, the faith, etc., that's apostasy. Other sins, murder, adultery, missing mass on Sunday, taking God's name in vain, they're mortal sins. You lose grace, but you are not ejected out of the visible bond of the church. 
Those three sins eject you out of the visible bond of the church. So we can't ever eject ourselves out of the visible bond of the church just to have valid masses or whatever. It's just not an option. We have to stay in the church. All right, you must stay in the Catholic Church. And Discipulus, thank you for your super chat. See, you asked that twice. Awesome. Shannon, what can we do for young Catholics getting married and can't have the traditional Catholic mass wedding ceremony? That's a tough one. As a man with adult children, I look into the future and I see that possibility and I realize that not everyone can have access to all seven sacraments in the traditional form. This is why I was, I was during the, I got to be careful how I say this, the medical crisis of the last, of two years ago, I was saying it's very opportune, very prudent, and very wise that you become friends and cultivate relationships with traditional priests, because a time may come in which you need extreme unction or penance, or the baptism of a baby. And by knowing traditional Catholic pre or just a mass, as we saw in 2020, 2021, by knowing traditional Catholic priests, it increases your opportunity to receive traditional Catholic sacraments. So, you know, a lot of people talk about preparing for the future, buying stored food, buying ammo, buying property, land, cows, part of your plan chiefly should be pursuing friendships and relationships with traditional Catholic priests. So you can support them and they can help you sacramentally. Um, I would personally move, travel, do whatever it took to make sure, for example, my daughters, my daughters are 19, um, to make sure that they are married in, in a traditional Catholic wedding. I would probably crawl over broken glass to make sure that happens. I think it's very important. I think it's very important. And I know, and I realize, and again, I'm not judging anyone on the contrary. This is my own conscience that I'm following here. And I'm not saying that a Novus Ordo wedding is invalid, bad, or anything like that. I'm just saying in the current state of the church and with the crisis, I would do whatever's necessary to try to make that happen, including moving. By the way, if you want, I, I, I haven't said this in a while. If you want to move, if you want to sell your house and move to a great place like Texas, where I live, you want to move out to the hill country in Texas or Tyler, Texas or DFW. I like DFW. Uh, go to realestateforlife.org realestateforlife.org. They'll help you. These are people who share your values. They're pro-life and they'll help you sell your house wherever you are in the world and help you move to wherever in the world. They're in Canada. They're all over. Um, I've been working with them for a number of years. I find them trustworthy. A lot of my audiences use them. And so uh, I check them out, realestateforlife.org. Tell them you heard about it at the Dr. Taylor Marshall Show and they can help you move and find a home where you can get Catholic schools, traditional liturgy, whether it's Byzantine or TLM, 
um, property, resources. You know, it's never too late, especially if you want to move from a blue state to a red state or a, from a blue county to a red county. I trust realestateforlife.org. I think you should go to realestateforlife.org. They can help you. All right, back to your comments and into your questions. Thank you, Shannon. I, I'm sorry I wasn't much help for that, but I would just say try, try as hard as you can. Elizabeth Marie, is it possible for Pope Francis to be ousted? This is a question that comes up a lot. A real, valid Pope with the keys of the kingdom of heaven can be judged by no one. This is a teaching of the Catholic faith. He is the highest authority. The only superior a true, valid Pope has is Jesus Christ himself. Period. Close the book. End the story. There is no appeal. There is no referendum. There is no coup. A pope is a pope is a pope. And the only thing that removes him from the munis is either a resignation or a death. Actually, there is insanity. There is insanity. If he was still alive and, for example, he went into a coma and was not rational, or if for some reason he went insane, um, the, the Carmelengo and the College of Cardinals would, would get involved there. But those are the only ways that you can get rid of him. Now, it is speculated in Catholic theology. My good buddy, where's my Bellarmine? There it is over there. It's a little far away. My Robert Bellarmine's right there. I always keep Bellarmine right by me. Bellarmine says that if a, there's a number of opinions, there's five opinions on a heretical pope, but the opinion that he seems to endorse, that he does endorse, and Cardinal Newman and Cardinal Manning and many scholastics and saints and blesseds have endorsed is that when a, if a pope were to become, I'm going to take this picture off here, if a pope were to become a manifest heretic, he would ipso facto, de facto, lose the papacy. So in that case, he would not be the pope. So think about it like this. Let's say a pope commits apostasy and says, you know what? If a pope were to say this, I don't believe Jesus rose from the dead. It was a big sham. The four Gospels are a lie. What I believe in is Buddha. If a pope were to say, I believe in Buddha, I think we just need to seek enlightenment and uh, seek nirvana, not the ban, the Buddhist doctrine of the afterlife, consciousless bliss, whatever that is. You know, that's what I'm really all about. I think every Catholic on earth would say, that guy's not Catholic, and he's not Pope, right? If, you, if, if, if the Pope, dressed in white, in St. Peter, says, you know, I just, Jesus just didn't rise from the dead. It's all a sham. He would lose the papacy, right? He's not a Catholic. You know, it kind of goes back to Pius XII and the three sins that eject you out of the church, apostasy, heresy, and schism. 
And in that interview the other day with Bishop Strickland, I asked Bishop Strickland, do you think a future pope will investigate the current pontificate and make decisions? And he said he thinks that's likely, and I also think that. I think there's a lot of other smart people, pious people, loving people who also believe the same because we have been, since 2013, since the resignation of Pope Benedict XVI, we have been in a confusing crisis. And some people say Benedict never resigned. We've talked about that before. Some people have said that the 2013 conclave was invalid because they had too many ballots or because Cardinal McCarrick was campaigning or there were canonical irregularities. Some people say, well, maybe Francis was truly the Pope, but he has since lost the papacy because of manifest heresy. These are all things debated, discussed, and it's no secret. You don't have to turn on the Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast to see that people are hurt, confused. Instead of being a light to the nations, when people are like, what is a man? Well, what is a woman? They shouldn't have to turn to Matt Walsh. God bless him. He's doing great work. What is a woman? They should be turning to the Catholic Church. Pope, what is a woman? And the Pope says what a woman is and what a man is and what marriage is and what salvation is. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, gave the keys of the kingdom to Peter and to his successors, not to monkey around and change the church, not to rearrange the furniture, but to save souls, to bind and loose dogma, doctrine, morality, so that when the world spins out of control and Satan tries to sift and confuse and steal, kill and destroy, John chapter 10, the Holy Pope as vicar of Christ, would stand up with the keys and say, I hereby define and declare by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ and Peter and Paul that marriage is between a man and a woman in holy wedlock, the holy sacrament of matrimony. I hereby declare this is a woman. This is a man. This is a human in the womb. That's why we have the papacy, not to have endless synods that cause confusion with the Pachamamas, the synod on youth, synod on the family, which didn't talk about what I need to hear as a married man and my wife with our eight kids. Not that we need a pat on the back from the Pope, but it sure would have been great to be like, hey, being open to life and starting families and making those sacrifices is the Catholic way. And we encourage that and we bless that. We sanctify that. And we say, keep on going. Not to have a bunch of, you know, rainbow diversity hires. Not to say Catholics don't have to breed like rabbits. Wasn't that a kick in the stomach kind of fired up today I must have had an extra cup of coffee
What about the drag queen welcoming Francis? Yeah, I mean, look, ministering to drag queens, yes. Jesus ministered to all kinds of sinners in the Catholic Church and the Pope and the cardinals and the bishops and the priests should minister to all sinners, absolutely, yes. But the ministry to them should be love, kindness, and a call to metanoia. Metanoia is the Greek word for repentance. Metanoia literally means a changing of the mind, a changing of conviction, changing of action. That's repentance. You know, I can't be a mob boss who knocks off people every week and runs prostitution in my casinos and not and claim to be Catholic and people not say, hey, you need to not do that. You got to repent and you got to change your business. You change your lifestyle. Running prostitution in casinos and killing people and doing drug runs, a la Godfather 3, not Catholic, can't do that. That's just Christianity. Yes, Jesus loves us. Yes, Jesus invites all to him. But he also says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And that applies to me too. I got to repent. I got to go to confession. I got to wait in line at confession. I need to confess my sins in number and kind. That's just Catholicism. But if we invite and minister to sinners, and we don't give them the message of Jesus, which is repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe, metanoia, change your heart, change your mind, renewal of the mind, we're not teaching Christianity. We're not giving them the gospel. We are robbing them of the truth. I'm going to go back and look at some of your Comments here. Lots of good comments from people. Some of these comments are a little aggressive. I'd encourage you to be charitable and kind. Um, Michael Levesque, are you pro FSSP, Institute of Christ the King, Sovereign Priest, SSPX, question mark. And what is stopping Cardinal Burke and Bishop Strickland from joining either the FSSP or the Institute of Christ the King, Sovereign Priest. I am pro FSSP, ICK, SSPX, anyone who is trying to preserve Catholic tradition. I know that there are differences. I know there are distinctions. I think there are strengths and weaknesses. Um, I think as time goes on, these things will be ironed out. But I think we're in a crisis. I think we're all taking major hits. And I think there should be some, some charity and some patience as people do their best and try to figure out how to survive sacramentally in the current crisis. So there you go. And then what's stopping Cardinal Burke and Bishop Strickland from joining either FSSP or Institute of Christ the King, Sovereign Priest? Well, Cardinal Burke is a cardinal. So he, as a member of the Sacred College of Cardinals in Rome, he can go to any diocese. He has not the same power as the Pope, obviously, but he has carte blanche power unless he's restricted by the Pope. So, you know, it'd be 
usually when members of, let's just say religious orders as an example, and these aren't religious orders, but let's just use the example, a Dominican or a Franciscan or something like that. When they become a bishop, they are sort of, although they are members of their, their order, they're sort of elevated to the episcopate, which in a way puts them kind of outside the, the, I guess, obedience of their order. Does that make sense? I might be wording this wrong and maybe we need a canon lawyer here to help me. But for example, if a, if a Franciscan became the bishop of a certain town, he would be juridically the bishop of that town and his, his superior and the Franciscans couldn't come and start telling him how to run the diocese. Does that make sense? So there is sort of this um, distinction that happens when you have either societies of apostolic life or religious orders that once they be enter in the episcopate, or especially if they become a cardinal, right, they're sort of elevated out of that. So, you know, Bishop Strickland, could he join FSSP Institute of Christ Sovereign Pre Part of the problem here is going back until the 1970s and then into 1988 with the consecration by Lefebvre of the four bishops and all that. Rome and the Vatican and John Paul II and even Ben the Sixteenth uh, weren't keen on giving traditionalists bishops. They didn't want to do that. They kind of reluctantly told Lefebvre, "Well, we kind of will give you a bishop," but Lefebvre felt that this was not earnest, and so he went ahead and consecrated four bishops in 1988 before he died in 1991. FSSP doesn't have a bishop. Institute of Christ King doesn't have a bishop. So I don't think Rome would want Strickland to join up with either group and then they have a bishop. So I think they would get involved and they would, they would not want that to happen. Good comment, though. Good question. Be interesting to see how it goes. Vatican Bank has a lot to do with these two. Vatican Bank is a problem, my opinion. Looking at your comments, I'm just kind of reading through here. If you're too edgy, too aggressive, I can't put your comment up. Maybe Strickland will go over to SSPX. That would be interesting. Um, I don't think it's likely, but you never know. BC says, I started to come back to the Catholic Church and all this news with the Pope is kind of draining for me. Okay, well, BC, come back to the Catholic Church. Please come back. What do we? What is offered to you in the Catholic Church? Eternal salvation. I don't know if you've been baptized. I assume you have been. You have confirmation, the sacrament of confession, the rosary, the saints, the novenas, the holy sacrifice, the mass. There is so much here. And, and here's an analogy, okay? Every year, there are thousands and thousands of people who have been spending years going through the process to become an American citizen. It's not an easy process. They're wanting to become an American citizen because of certain benefits that America would give them as a citizen. But that doesn't mean when they're going through the process that they're like, hoorah, Joe Biden, hoorah, the Senate, hoorah, the Congress people. They're so awesome. 
So there's a distinction. Like, for example, I'm a Texan, born and raised Texas. Love Texas. It's the dirt I was born on, I grew up on. Right? The pollen in the air here is the pollen that's in my system. That's what I know, right? I'm connected to that earth. I don't love everything going on in Texas right now. I still love Texas. I still told y'all, hey, go to realestateforlife.org, move to Texas. Just because there is drama, conflict, problems, that's, it's kind of like saying I'm out in the ocean and I'm on this janky life raft or maybe I got nothing. I've been treading, treading water for five hours and this big cruise ship comes up. And they're like, come aboard. And you're like, I don't know. I heard your captain's kind of a jerk face. I don't want to come on. Come on. All right. There have been horrible popes, horrible cardinals, horrible bishops, horrible priests, horrible lay people, horrible kings that claim to be Catholic and queens, horrible monks and friars, the whole Canterbury Tales thing for centuries and centuries and centuries. But that's not why I'm a Catholic. I don't believe, I don't put my trust in those people. I put my trust in Jesus Christ, and I believe in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, which is a reality in heaven, the church triumphant. It's a reality in purgatory, the church suffering, and it's a reality on earth, the militant church. That's what I believe in. And I realize there's going to be this sort of blend of wheat and tares. And I and my wife and our eight children, we have to be joyful. We have to proclaim the gospel, which never changes, the true teaching. We have to attend the holy sacrifice of the mass and get our spiritual nourishment. If we commit mortal sin, we have to go to the sacrament of penance, right? And then we find our encouragement by reading the lives of the saints, the intercession of the saints, their witness in our lives, our fellowship with other Catholics, the good sermons that we hear, all these things are helping us on this path. But, you know, as you know, I mean, I'm the guy who wrote Infiltration. There it is. There's some problems in the church. I love it when I meet people and they're like, oh, you're Catholic? You know, like, there's some bad stuff in the Catholic church. And I'm like, I know more than you do, Right. There's an infiltration. I know way more dirt in the Catholic Church, and I'm still a Catholic. That's the point. I'm still a Catholic. So, BC, I would say, come on in. It's a great time to be a Catholic. There are saints in heaven right now looking down at 2023 and being like, man, I wish I could be a Catholic in 2023. There's some real opportunities to become a saint in 2023. 2023 is a great time to be a Catholic. Those saints in heaven are like, let's pray for our brothers and sisters on earth in 2023. They need extra graces, extra mercies, extra wisdom, extra knowledge. So I'd say, come on. Come on, BC, into the Catholic Church. And if anyone out there is thinking about leaving the Catholic Church, do not do it. Stay in the church. Senor Cinema says, Taylor Marshall, you don't know that God exists. First of all, God has a capital G on God. And I know, I believe that God exists, but I also know 
God exists. Romans chapter 1. The existence of God is something you can know by looking around creation. It's like a meme I posted on Facebook and Instagram the other day. By the way, follow me on Instagram. I post shorts over there. Dr. Taylor Marshall on Instagram. It's like a snowman saying, nobody made me. I'm just the random assembly of snowflakes and coal and carrots and a scarf over time that randomly turned me into a snowman. No, that's dumb. Look at the human eyeball and how it works. God exists. Look at the mystery of conception. God exists. It's like walking into a desert, thousand miles into a desert, finding a watch on the ground and saying, wow, sand must have bumped into and must have mined itself, the metal mined out of the sand and created this watch with the gears and all that's that's dumb. That's dumb. God exists. The fool says in his heart, says the Psalms, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. To deny God is foolish. You can know that God exists and believe. See, believe means that you know it and you trust in him. Even Satan knows that God exists. So learn how to spell God. It's capital G-O-D. And you know, Senor Cinema, that God exists. You're on here right now trying to front, troll, talk trash. You know God exists. It's in your heart. Accept him. Accept Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Third secret fast this dude sounds like Nacho Libre. I don't believe in God. I only believe in science. It's actually not Nacho Libre. It's uh, El Skeletor. That's the sidekick of Nacho Libre. Good reference right there. Okay. Here's a, a super chat from Advanced Discernment. God formed in the clouds a burning crucifix in objection to the synod. Advanced Discernment shorts. It's quite serious statement from God. Proverbs 13, 13. I hadn't heard that. I'll have to check that out. Christopher says, we must not stop praying and giving up on Jesus and our Holy Father and Holy Spirit and the Holy Mother of all saints. I never give up on God. He doesn't give up on his children, us. 100% agree, Christopher. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are the same yesterday and today and forever. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, that's where you put all your trust. Do I put all my trust 100% in my pastor? No. In my bishop? No. Do I put 100% of my trust in the FSSP, SSPX, Institute of Christ the King, uh, Cante, bishops, um, what else is out there? Uh, trying to remember the name of that Sede group, but I, I can't remember it. Do I, do I put my 100% of my trust? No. 100% of my trust is in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Priests will fail. Bishops can and will fail. One-twelfth of the apostles denied Christ and went to hell. Judas Iscariot. Peter denied Christ and went to heaven. There can be lapses along the way. It's how you end. By the way, 
talking heads, Catholic people on YouTube, influencers, me, I can fail. Don't put your trust in me. I'm a dad on a webcam. You put your trust in the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. All the saints in heaven are also confirmed in grace, chiefly among which is the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Holy Mother of God, the Theotokos, the Immaculata. She is a guide to Jesus Christ. St. Joseph is a protector and terror of demons. Peter, Paul, John the Baptist, St. Michael the Archangel, your patron confirmation saints, all these saints can help you. None of them will fail you. Your deacon could fail you. Your parents could fail you. Your pastor could fail you. Your bishop, your cardinal, your pope. They won't. And that's, this is the analogy, not analogy, truth, I talk about is there's two perspectives right now as a Christian on earth. There's the eternal perspective where you look up and there's the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, the Virgin Mary, St. Joseph, John the Baptist, Peter, Paul, everybody. That's a good place to look. You need to be looking up there multiple times a day. Then there's the earthly perspective. So we're looking up at heaven, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Mary and the saints here. We see God's work here, but we see it mixed in with confusion, right? We see um, civil politics, church politics, scandals, betrayals, martyrdoms, heroic saints, inspiration, scandal, disappointment. Another win, a saint, cultural renewal in Christ, Christendom, decline, right? So here in this world, we're kind of just seeing like up and down. It's like watching the stock market. It's just like, you got to prayer. Everyday prayer is going like this. Okay. The father, the son, the Holy Ghost, Mary, the martyrs, the virgins, the saints, the archangels, the angels, they're there. That's what you depend on. That's You throw your anchor, not down into the ocean, you throw your anchor up into heaven, you hold on to that anchor, and that's how you keep faith. That's why you see me smiling. I pray the rosary every day. I sit in my chair, a cup of coffee, read the Bible, Read Divine Intimacy. Look at the crucifix. Look at a statue of Mary. Talk about my fears, my concerns, my joys. That right there is the looking up. You have to do it at least once a day. You're going to lose your faith. People out there in Catholic media or in the churches, in the parish, in Rome, in the Vatican, if you aren't constantly checking in on the heavenly perspective and connecting with that, you're going to fall, right? You're going to get discouraged, right? You're going to fall into sins, mortal sins, confusion, and give up. That's why you got to keep up. And that's why I say pray the rosary every day or not on the team. I know that offends some people. I don't know why it offends people. Because Mary said it, Pope said it, Saints said it. I got a book on it. If you wanna, 
you want all the quotes on why you should pray the rosary every day, check out my book, Rosary in 50 Pages. You can get it on Amazon. You can also go to my Patreon. I'll send you a rosary. I'll send you a copy of the book. Go to patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall. All right. If you pray the rosary every day, you're checking up, checking in with heaven. It's the perspective. It's the eternal heavenly perspective that gives you grace, that gives you comfort and connects you with God and the saints. You have to have that. And Christopher, in his comment right here, he's saying the exact same thing. And so, Christopher, through the Internet, I pat you on the back and I say, well done. 100% agree. Thank you. All right. I'm going to go do some con Oh, here's a uh, super chat. want to honor the super chat. I already did that super chat. That's advanced discernment super chat. Lots of good comments in here. We have, uh, by the way, we've got 2,844 live viewers on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And this show will be put on Rumble later if you like to watch on Rumble. I don't know what this means, advanced discernment. I appreciate your super chat, but I don't understand it. Lucy says, Dr. Taylor, can you invite Cardinal Burke on your show, please? Yes. You know, in fact, I was able about three weeks ago, I went to mass, traditional at mass with Cardinal Burke. Uh, it was in Ohio and uh, it was an honor to be, I was in the front pew and got to be at mass with Cardinal Burke and got to receive communion from Cardinal Burke. And I've met Cardinal Burke several times. I've had dinner with Cardinal Burke two or three times. And I've been to his mass in Rome, um, gave him a copy of Infiltration. So, um, yeah, I need to reach out to Cardinal Burke and see if he'll come on, just like Bishop Strickland came on two days ago and uh, share his thoughts. And, you know, really, when I get a Bishop Schneider or a Bishop Strickland or hopefully a Cardinal Burke, I don't really want to get on here and just like, go on to the gossip train. I really like them to open their hearts and talk about why they love being a Catholic and encourage people. Because if Bishop Strickland can be joyful and happy about being Catholic while at the same time being ejected from his diocese by Francis Bergoglio, that means you can have hope and joy and love in your Catholic life, whatever's going on in your life, whether it's sickness, family problems, struggle, depression, drugs, sexual addictions, all that. Because Christ can break all of those bonds. You just have to believe and then cooperate with the grace. We got Giga Chad here. Uh, I don't know, Giga Chad, why do you have Stalin as your image? That's cringe. All right, you're not a Giga Chad if you got Stalin. But he says, does the church teaching teach gambling is a sin? If so, what level of sin would you say it is? Well, it doesn't matter what I say, right? I'm Taylor Marshall. I have zero authority in the Catholic Church. Uh, gambling, uh, real gambling is a sin. You know, if I, if I take, uh, you know, a big amount of money that matters to my family, a thousand bucks, and I go gamble that money and I lose it, I'm like, honey, 
Don't buy groceries for the next two weeks. Why is that? I gambled a thousand bucks. Gone. That's a sin. Okay. You can't do that. Now, if I'm, you know, watching a college football game with my brother and we're rooting for different teams and I say, hey, I bet you a box, no, not a bo- a cigar or I bet you dinner next week that my team wins and oh, I won, you know, you owe me dinner. That's not a sin, right? That's just sort of like having fun, right? And there's no real consequence. It's not like you have to go home with your, your head in your hand and say, honey, I got to tell you something. What is it, babe? I, I got to buy my brother dinner next week. Why? What did you do? Oh my goodness. That's, that's no problem. Right. Or I got to buy him a cigar or a six pack of beer. Okay. So, you know, I think there's sort of like fun playing a game, but if you go on to like DraftKings. And uh, you're like betting serious money that's affecting your livelihood, your fam, your future legacy. Like you could be taking that $500 and building a business with it. That's going to pay dividends for decades for your family. Don't go on a DraftKings with 500 bucks and, and handicap your own future success by gambling in that way. That is a sin and it should be confessed. I, I think mortal, it's kind of like stealing, like, you know, if you steal a candy bar, that's pretty bad, right? But if you steal $2 million from your company, like that's clearly a mortal sin, right? So there's, depending on the valuation, the impact that it has on your life and the lives of others is what makes it mortal. Good question. Giga Chad, I appreciate you being a Giga Chad, but get the Stalin off here. Stalin's not cool. Here he is. Giga Chad, got to get rid of this. The Stalin, not base, bro. And here is Zion Lion, cool name. Pray the rosary every day. Amen and amen. Pray the rosary every day. You're not on the team. Let's just get there. Let's go, team. Team rosary. Get there. Uh, Enda Murphy, what's your opinion on SSPV? Uh, I like Father Jenkins. Uh, I've corresponded with him. And um, sometimes I do watch Father Jenkins' SSPV Mass on uh, YouTube. People are going to dunk on me for saying that, but I do. Um, I've never been to SSPV. It's not, I don't even think the SSPV is in Texas. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's it's interesting. I I'm, you know, I'm somewhat... Big 10. I'm not going to throw rocks at the SSPV. Uh, but for example, like I really, I like to watch the SSPV. I think it's Father Jenkins. Um, the Holy Saturday. They do the pre-55. Oh, by the way, I'm going to be giving away a Father Lassant's missile here soon. So if you want to be in the giveaway, you got to be a Patreon patron. Or you got to be a member of NSTI, New St. Thomas Institute, and I'll be giving away one. Look how nice this is. A brand new Father Lassant's. Um, They do the pre-55 Holy Friday, uh, Good Friday and Holy Saturday. And uh, I like to study it and watch it and see other how priests um, perform those liturgies because they're hard to find and hard to see. 
2023. So, um, yeah, there you go. Good, good question. Good comment. Thanks for being here. Um, bum, bum. St- a super chat here from Steven. Hey, Taylor, thanks so much for sharing your knowledge with all of us. Layman, seriously, we need more like you. I hope to be half the man you are someday. Oh, that's thanks. That's sweet of you. And again, I'm just a layman too. Don't put, you know, don't put too much, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to share my own personal adv- uh, reflection, my personal life, my advice. But again, you know, I'm not a guru. Don't make me a new guru. WM, I just started my conversion to Catholicism. Any advice? Yes. Go to, conf- especially when you're new. When I became a brand new Catholic, a priest told me to go to confession every week. Uh, now I go about every two to three weeks. But I think that first year of going to confession every week was really healing and good for me, particularly in getting out of, even though I had been an Episcopalian priest before, sort of re-gearing my mind and my soul and my patterns as a Catholic. So I would say go go to confession every week, maybe like every Friday if you can, pray the rosary every day. And then a big, a big thing missing, you know, a lot of people burn out. They don't have Catholic friends. And I'm just going to give a shout out to all my Catholic friends. We do a you know, weekly rosary, Bible study. My Catholic friends, that connection every week, you guys know who you are. It's an encouragement. It's an encouragement to be with other Catholic men. Most of them are married, have kids, large families, to just chit-chat, talk, you know, pray for each other, smoke a cigar, pray the rosary, study the Bible. You know, we read that Dewey Rames Bible. It's great. Discuss it. So my three pieces of advice to you, WMR, go to confession weekly, pray the rosary every day, read good Catholic books, preferably books that begin with ST written by saints, like St. Augustine's Confessions. And then you got to get Catholic friends. And everybody watching out there, you need those Catholic friends. But Taylor, I don't have any Catholic friends. It's work. All right. No one just walks up and says, I'll be your friend today. That never happens to anybody. How do you become, this is a good question. How do you get people to be your friend? Two key elements. Not everybody's taught this by their parents. Key element number one. Are people blessed by you? If you walk into a room, do people think, oh, this person? Or do people think the day just got better? The, the, the dinner party just got better because you just walked in the room. Like, are you a blessing or a malediction to other people? You need to be a blessing. Or are you just telling me to be likable and a yes man? No, I'm not saying that. True friends do. Correct. Rebuke, challenge, certainly. But you have to be a blessing to other people to be a friend. Second thing is to have friends and to have Catholic friends means that you have to give away. You give away your time. You give away your resources. You give away your attention. Being a friend costs you something. 
if you don't have any friends, particularly Catholic friends, but you don't have any friends, I would challenge you to think, do you give away anything? I guess this is the same thing as being a blessing in a way. And I think that goes also with being successful. The most successful people I know give away. They are givers, right? If you're giving away 90%, right, more is going to flow back to you. And then you give away 95% and more flows back. As Jesus says in the Bible, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And I think that's just really the recipe of being a friend. People think that person doesn't take from me. That person gives to me. They're a blessing. Y'all still with me? Man, we got 2,700 people still here, and nobody's asking about Cardinal Burt. Francis, that's fine. I guess we can talk about other stuff. Daniel says, Strickland and Burt can be roommates. That'd be something, wouldn't it? Pope Francis regularly signs documents as Francis. It's really not an issue. Oh, this might be because people say Taylor Marshall sometimes says Francis and doesn't say Pope or whatever. Maybe that's what it's all about. Theobald says hit like. That's right. Hit that like button. Like it up. Thumbs up. And then make sure you subscribe. I got to say, 2023 has been a game changer year for the Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast. We've added, what are we at? I don't know, a couple hundred thousand subscribers this year. And I uh, just want to welcome everybody. I'm surprised so many. I, I find a lot of my audience now is not Catholic. A lot of Protestants, a lot of just conservative people watching the channel. So welcome to everyone. I hope you become Catholic, but make sure you do like and subscribe. Don't miss anything. All right. I'm going to do a couple more comments and questions here. Thanks for everybody liking all that. Appreciate it. Super chat here from Unleashed. I gave someone two loaves of bread on the second day of the pilgrimage in France this year. Thank you, Taylor, for your time and hard work. I wonder if you gave that to me. Was it me that you, I was on the pilgrimage in Chart. So maybe that was me. If it was, I thank you. You are a friend. You gave. You gave. By the way, that's also the secret to marriage. You got to give. Thanks for the super chat, Patrick. No comment, but appreciate it. That's cool. And then uh, Kian says, please check my super chat. I'm sorry I missed it. There's like, there's tons going here. I try to get to them all. But if I'm in a monologue and you super chat, sometimes I miss it. I'm looking for you here, buddy. I don't see it. If you retype it, my moderator will get it to me. Here we go. Here's a Burke something. Does Bishop Strickland know Burke, if you know? I, I think so. I don't know if they have a personal relationship. I will look into that. Uh, of course, they do know each other. They're American bishops. Um, but I don't know if they, like, you know, hang out and pray the rosary together. That I don't know. All right, I'm going to try to find another comment question here about Burke. 
Cardinal Burke and all that. Uh, Lucy says, let's celebrate when you get to a million subscribers. That'd be a major landmark. It's going to take a while, but uh, that would be something else. I can remember when I hit 100,000, like that was like mind-blowing, like 100,000 people. Donald, has it been made official that Cardinal Burke is out? So as I said at the beginning of the show, Austin Ivory has announced that it is the case. Um, I've heard it's been privately confirmed with uh, Cardinal Burke. Um, is he out? You know, has he got, is he putting stuff in boxes? You know, he's got his buddy. Hey, can you help me move out this weekend? He's talking to his Cardinal buddies. Hey, I need some help moving my couch out. I don't know if that's happened yet. I, I'm betting not. I get, I'm, I'm hoping that Francis gives them 30 days on the eviction notice. You know, when he comes home, there's like a little slip taped to the door and it's like eviction notice, 30 days, hopefully. Uh, let's see. Oh, t uh, Joey says he's texted me. Joey Olivo is our moderator. He's a good Catholic friend. And he has texted me Keon's super chat because we don't want to miss those super chats. So I'm going to look in here. Joey, where is it, bro? Oh, here we go. Here it is. Going through RCI, but stuck on why does the CCC stay in Lumen Gentium 16 that Muslims and Christians adore the one and merciful God? Thanks, mods. Kian J. Yeah, I'm just going to have to respectfully disagree on that. That in Lumen Gentium, that... Mohammedans worship the same God in the Latin is nobis with us. And if you're like, well, G. Taylor, Vatican II, why are you so schismatic? I would just say, do you know any Muslims? If you do, go to a Muslim and say, do you worship the Christian God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? They'll say no. 100%. Unless they're like some kind of like liberal, whacked out, modernist Muslim. All your Muslim friends are going to tell you to your face, no. So why are we out here trying to say, no, no, you guys are Abrahamic. You like totally worship our God with us. The Apostle John in, the, in his second epistle says those who do not reckon or believe in Jesus as the Son of God, have not the Father. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let me reinterpret that, remix it. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No Muslims come to the Father unless they come through Jesus, the Son of God. Yeah, but Taylor, Muslims believe Jesus was a prophet. They don't believe he's the son of God. They don't believe that Jesus Christ, our Lord, died on a cross and rose on the third day for our justification and redemption. They don't believe that. That is integral to our faith. That is integral to our worship and adoration of Almighty God. Muslims believe they can go straight to God, no mediator. We don't believe that. We believe Jesus Christ is the sole mediator between God and man. That's the only way to the Father, period, close the book, don't want to hear about it anymore. So, Kian, I would say 
RCI can be hit or miss. There's some great RCI programs out there. I know there's people that watch this podcast and they are RCI leaders and they're teaching the true faith and it's awesome. But some RCI groups, mm, mm. traditionally, if you come in like through the SSPX or Fraternity of St. Peter, Institute of Christ the King, you'll often just meet with, this is kind of pre-Vatican too. You, you meet the priest. I want to become Catholic. He talks with you. What do you know about Catholicism? Well, I've read the entire Summa Theologiae. I've read Augustine's Institute. I've read the entire Old Testament, the entire New Testament. I've read the Catechism, Trent, and all that. Okay, well, do you, is there anything you're struggling with? Don't believe it? No, I believe every single thing about it. And he kind of tests you and gets to know. He's going to receive you into the church, right? If you tell the priest, I want to become Catholic. Okay, well, what do you know about the Catholic Church? Absolutely nothing, Father. Okay, well, here's the Baltimore Catechism. Read that and get back to me. Do you have any questions, comments, concerns? Nope, I believe all of it. Okay, well, here's this. Read this. And he kind of guides you through the process, and then he baptizes you or confirms you. Here's your confession, confirms you. That's the traditional way people came into the Catholic Church before Vatican II. Now, of course, during times of persecution, and then into the 300s and 400s, you had the whole process of catechesis and mystagogy, where people were going through the process, again, through Lent, baptized either on Easter, the Paschal Vigil, or on Pentecost at the at the Pentecost Vigil. Pentecostal Vigil is actually a Catholic term. It kind of sounds weird, but so I look. If you were my friend and you said, "Hey, I'm becoming Catholic. What should I do? I'm I'm going to sign up for RCA." I would be like, "I know some Catholic priests. Why don't you meet privately with them and go through the process?" That would be my recommendation. But if you are in the RCIA, ask the questions, get through it. All right. Everybody pray for His Eminence, Cardinal Burke. I'll invite him on the podcast. Maybe we can get him in. Um, everybody should be praying a rosary for him today. It's kind of a bum deal to be evicted. Um, this week, December 6th, Feast of St. Nicholas, my new book, Nicolaus. Get your copy. Get two or three copies, one for you to read, and then for friends. Hopefully you don't sell out on, I think we might, December 6th. Check it out. It's all part of the Sword and Serpent historical fiction universe. So check it out. If you want to move, like I said, go to realestateforlife.org. Contact him today. Tell him you heard about Dr. Taylor Marshall. You want the history of what's going on? Get infiltration and get it on Audible. And um, if you want signed books, any of these books signed, autographed, you want a rosary, join Patreon. That's how you can support me in this work on YouTube and writing. One of the reasons I'm able to write books is because of the Patreons. So thank you for all your support. I'm a very blessed man. I realize that people are Patreon patrons because they want me to make this content. I realize that that's special. I realize that I should be more grateful than I am to you. That's a really special thing. And I want everyone who is a Patreon patron, thank you. On behalf of the whole Marshall family, Joy Marshall, my kids and all that, thank you for making this possible for us. I am grateful. And if you'd like to join and become a Patreon patron, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Marshall. I truly do appreciate all of you 
that support this channel, support the content that I create both on videos over at New St. Thomas Institute, NSTI, and of course, writing the books. You know, I'm trying to put out a book every year. This year, last year was Antichrist and Apocalypse. Great number one bestseller, doing well. This year we got Nikolaus, and I've already completed the book for early next year. It's about St. Joseph. The new book will be St. Joseph. So thanks again to the Patreon patrons who make all that writing and work possible. I appreciate you. And until next time, remember our Lord Jesus Christ says, you are the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty and pray the rosary every day. You're not on the team. God bless everybody. Happy Advent.